Hey guys, this is Josh, one of the hosts of Long Live. Just wanted to say thanks so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. We hope that you would subscribe to us on iTunes and that you would also follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks again for listening in. live a christian podcast dedicated to applying the christian worldview to every area of life i'm your host pastor josh robinson lead church planner and pastor of new haven church in chapmanville west virginia and joining me today is my co-host hey guys colton townsend here what's up man uh nothing much oh how are you doing today i'm tired it's yeah like the seventh take of this yeah i'm really tired this is like this is like the seventh take of this. But we're still excited. We keep having things happen as we try to record this, but it's all good. God's good. This is a good opportunity. So if you hear something in the background, my wife is home and she's getting her work grind on over on the computer. So yeah, good job, baby. <laughs> so Colton, what are you vaping tonight? You guys are going to think this sounds disgusting. It's called Buddha's Breath sounds disgusting yeah i mean when you think of it you think of like you know how everybody's got that old uncle that drinks coffee and stuff whenever and i hear it up in your i think about buddha's fart yeah i know it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 bad it, it, it sounds bad but it's good it's coconut yeah. exotic spices that actually sounds kind of good it is good i like coconuts all right so i tried vaping for the first time today and it's not that bad like i i expected it to be disgusting but like i'm the kind that i'm using what kind is it called colton Bubba juice. Bubba, Bubba juice. Yeah. It's and great it's berry. Great berry. And it's kind of like a ripoff of Hubba Bubba bubble gum. It tastes exactly like it. It's so. delicious. Yeah. It's not that bad. So, all right. So, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. And the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to cover some stuff going on in the news. So, the first thing is. Oh, man. It's the resurrection of Gavin Stone. This movie trailer, man. Yeah. This movie trailer is bad. So let me say this beforehand, before we talk about this movie. Please don't take this as Colton and I being harsh or unloving to brothers and sisters in the faith who may be uh, you know, very serious about this and think that this is a good thing. Um, please don't take it that way. Only The only thing that we're seeking to do is to apply the Christian faith and worldview to every area of life and to be faithful to what Scripture teaches. So, Colton, what were your impressions of this? Well, before we talk about that, again, let me just kind of give you a little background on what this film is. Oh, yeah. So, if you guys aren't aware of this film, you can go to YouTube and type in The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. And it's a film being produced by Vertical Church Films. That is a part of James McDonald's uh, Harvest Bible Chapel. It's a film branch that he launched uh, to produce professional films through Harvest Bible Church. And it's also being produced by the WWE. Uh. Yeah. So you heard me right. It's the professional wrestling company, the World uh, Wrestling Entertainment. The one that has 
men and women prance around their underwear. It's kind of like semi-television, semi-pornographic, yeah. weird. That, that highly sexualized yeah. wrestling show that comes on on Monday. Hey, it ain't just women. I, you know, because men, we don't look at the men and be like, you know, but men are sexualized too. Randy yeah. Orton wears a little Speedo thing all the time. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so Vertical Church Films and the WWE are working together to produce this Christian film Odd. called... Yeah, it's very strange, especially whenever you see what, you know, Scripture says about, you know, Christians, you know, not working together uh, with darkness, you know, and that kind of thing. But they're they're coming together and they're producing this Christian film called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. And so whenever I first saw it, I just thought, oh, man, this is just so bad. It's another one of those... You know, low budget Christian films coming through Hollywood that, you know, they're just, Hollywood's just attempting to get, uh, you know, money from Christians. So, yeah. Um, you've seen that a lot here recently. There's been a lot of those like low budget films come through Hollywood. And here's the thing Hollywood knows that Christians love to see their faith up on the big screen. Oh, yeah. They know that Christians love to see, you know, our faith getting recognized in the public square. And so they take advantage of that. They make these crappy, low-budget Christian films. They put them in the big screen because they know that Christians are going to buy out the theaters and their churches and their youth groups are going to buy out the theaters. Oh, yeah, it's just like any group of people. Whenever they come out with a military movie, right? they know that servicemen and women are going to rush to the theaters to watch it. Yeah, and so same thing's going on here. <laughs> it's another one of those low-budget, you know, bad Christian films, unfortunately. And so, Colton, what did you think about the trailer whenever you saw it? Wow. No, it just started raining really hard. Yeah, that's definitely rain. Wow. Um, All right, so what do you think about the film, Colton? Mm, uh, trying to think of a good adjective. Bad? <laughs> Wasn't a good adjective. It was. It was rough. It was yeah. definitely. There was a lot of stuff that just makes you like really. Yeah, like that's all you said. Really, there was a lot of things that I found to just be unbiblical there. Oh yeah, definitely, um, kind of, like, kind of blasphemous. Yeah, for, definitely. So the one scene at the end of the trailer. So whenever you guys watch the trailer, one of the very first things that Colton and I pointed out was that this looked like a Christianized version of the movie The Longest Yard. Yeah, it was like Adam Sandler, like a low budget Adam Sandler. Yeah. Kinda. So. <laughs> Colton pointed out that the WWE was involved in making that film, too. You had guys like Bill Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Stone Cold Steve Austin all involved in that film. So they were involved with that film, too. But it looks like that they just took the same, like, film and just put, like, wrapped it up in Christian like, clothes yeah. and language. Like less, I don't know. I don't know, how to, I don't know how to put this in words. But, like, instead of going to, like, this big penitentiary, he's going to do community service. Right, it's the same, it's, same like, know, Hollywood line. bad boy gets in trouble. Right. But... He walks in. He's like, he's not like, Dad. I'm going to prison for ten years. He's like, No, Dad. I got community service, or I can't leave the yeah. state. It's not as right. bad. So apparently, he's doing his Christian service, or not <laughs> Christian. <laughs> apparently, he's doing his community service at a church. Mm -hmm. And so that's where you're introduced to Shawn Michaels. He's one of the stars of the movie. And this dude's name is. Dari says. Dari says name. Not, but I can't even. For Brent Dalton. Brent Dalton. Too. Yeah, that's the dude's name. So. This guy, he walks up, and this is where you're introduced to Shawn Michaels. He's trying out for a uh, play in this church. I think it's Jesus Christ Superstar or something like that. <laughs> and so that may not be a joke. It may really be Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> I don't know. So dude walks up, and he's like, he asked the pastor, he's like, how can I get involved with this film or this, this play? And the pastor's like, well, we require everybody to try out to be Christian. What was it he said? He's like... Oh, well, you know, I've I've had the, the passion of the cross for like 
He's, he says, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a believer. I've had passion on the cross for a couple of years now. Yeah. I don't know if he's talking about DVD or <laughs> some kind of passion in his heart or right. if he even knew what he was talking about. And, but. and here's the thing about that that part, too. It's like it's meant to be funny. Like you're supposed to be able to tell that he's lying and that, you know, he's not actually, you know, a believer and he's just lying about it. And it's supposed to be, you know, funny. But here's. Well, you know what? I didn't think it was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was. It actually kind of made me mad. Me too, because because you you put yourself in this pastor's shoes, and being right. that pastor well, and working it, so hard to get people, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. That was a real life thing. Here, like I was gonna say, like as a pastor, like apply this to real life. Yeah. If you know this were me in this situation, and you know this, I say this to you know if I were ever in this situation, which I don't ever. Think that think I will. That you're gonna I, have to worry about that, right? I don't think I'll ever be in that situation. I could be wrong, but um, if this were me, like in this guy, it was just so blatantly obvious that this guy was. Yeah, it wasn't one of those things like it was kind of iffy. He might be lying, lying be to me about own. being a Christian. As a pastor, I would be very concerned. Like as as the pastor, I'd be very concerned. Like, and I would make sure that the guy didn't leave my church without hearing the gospel the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And so... Wouldn't just let him hop up on stage. Right, exactly. So the pastor lets him hop up on stage. I guess he takes him in his word, and dude gets up on stage, and... He's a total jerk. Yeah, he's a total jerk, and he makes it, you know, clear. And anyway, so it goes on from there, and... Uh, lies again about knowing scripture. Yeah, he's up on stage, and then he he's like why can't we just put the spotlight on me? And the woman who's doing, who's actually like over this play and coordinating and stuff, she's Turns like, out to be the pastor's daughter. Right. And she's just like, well, that's actually not what Jesus is about. Have you ever read the Gospels? And he's like, oh, yeah, I kind of get that whenever I read the Gospels, I guess. And so it's another one of those kind of moments that was supposed to be Blatant funny. Yeah, it's supposed to be funny, but you can tell that he's obviously lying about it. But here's the thing. As Christians, should we be laughing like at lying? Something that's you know obviously a blatant lie. I mean, I understand that it's for entertainment purposes, but yeah. should we really find that entertaining? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Scripture is pretty clear that you know you're not supposed to that you know the lying that it is sinful. <laughs> yeah, it's what, yeah. Hey, guess what, Gavin? You just <laughs> you just sin twice. Not only <laughs> did you lie, he, he's just all around being bad in this situation. He's lying, he's lying in a church. He's lying about reading the gospel. Right. He's Lying about, about being Jesus. a believer, right. yeah. So. He just got. He, he needs. He's a habitual liar. <laughs> he just he needs is. to work on that. <laughs> Gavin, get it straight, man. <laughs> get it together, Gavin. So anyway, so so anyway, I don't know if you guys can hear it. My wife's cracking up in the background right now. <laughs> oh, she's making you laugh. But any anyway, um, so it's obvious that he's lying, and they just let they just keep going through with this. They all let it happen. And then dude, you know, starts playing Jesus and then it, he walks into the audition dressed up like Jesus oh, would be. And here's the thing about this too. And it's, it's supposed to it's another moment that's supposed to be funny. He walks in as Jesus. He's, the, he's, he's super white boy Jesus. Right. <laughs> he is. And he's a Hollywood Jesus. Like he looks like the wrong. dude who played the son of God on that like that movie. Look just like look just like without him. without the little beard stubble. Yeah. Real so. handsome dude. Comes in there all white and Caucasian, which yeah. Jesus was not. I don't know if anyone knew that or not. And so that gives me (laughs) concerns, too, about the second commandment, you know, of God's law. We see see the second commandment that God commands people to not uh, create 
graven images of God, which and includes Jesus. Includes Jesus because he's part of the Trinity. The tr- Trinity, right. And then so it says not to make images of God or um, things in heaven or things below on earth for the purposes of worship. And so we see that later on in this, this play that there's obviously people at this play at this church and they're worshiping Jesus with this guy dressed up as Jesus. So yeah. it's a blatant second commandment violation. And so that's very, very troubling to me. And, um, and when he's up on the cross. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the works thing. Like he kind of, him and HBK fix a car together and he's like, Oh, well, I'm not used to not taking credit for stuff because, you know, Heartbreak Kid tells him not to take credit. Shawn Michaels right. like, don't take credit. He's like, well, that's not what we do. Yeah, and they kind of like make it out like the Christian faith is all about good works when it's all about believing in the death, burial, and resurrection. And Right. It's Well, here's what they try to do. It's like they try to make, okay, like good works. We're called to good works as Christians. Yes. Right. But here's what they kind of make it seem like. They kind of make it the root of faith rather than the fruit of faith. Mm-hmm. That was the, Josh was a poet didn't even know it. <laughs> Yeah, boy. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, so he's up on the cross. It's showing the crucifixion. This is awful. And as he's there crucified, you see like the camera cut to his face, and he's kind of like got this look, and he's like, "My way didn't work. I surrender my life." And so he, oh, he's gosh. this guy. He's, this guy. He's dressed up as Jesus in the middle of the play, saying this like he. As Jesus, he's saying, "My work, my way didn't work. I surrender my life to you." Now, newsflash: Jesus didn't say that. Yeah, Jesus never said that. And here's the thing: His way did work. It did. It did. Fantastic. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, experience his 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 way working right now. Right. <laughs> so, it's just it's just an utterly blasphemous line saying that. And here's the thing: the film hasn't come out yet, and so that line may or may not be in the film. I don't know. But in yeah, because tra- sometimes I see trailers that have things like that, and then right. it's film and they're not there, and I'm like, "Where's the funny stuff?" Right. That's how it was whenever I saw Rogue One here recently. There was some some stuff in the yeah. trailer that wasn't in. Maybe it, it's but- in the the editor, director's cut. Yeah. So so the dude's dressed up as Jesus, and he's saying, "My way didn't work. I surrender myself to you, God." Here's the thing: Jesus was 100% God, 100% man takes on flesh, comes from heaven, takes on flesh to die for the sins of the world. His way did work. Mm-hmm. And so it's just utterly blasphemous. Now, if he would have said that down off the cross in his normal everyday clothes, right? I don't think it would have been as bad. Right, exactly. Because that's, was, that's the things that we should be saying to God. Right, exactly. We, my, way doesn't, my, way, my, my way doesn't work. It's you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so and what I'm worried about, too, is the people that don't necessarily know Scripture that yeah. well that are... They're going to get excited. About They're going to get excited about. They're going to see this, and they might think that Jesus said that, right? Because it's portraying him on the cross, exactly. Saying that. And that's it's one of the troubling. things that's so dangerous yeah. about this. Like, anyway, I know that people are going to get excited about this, and you know, I know that some people are probably going to listen to this and probably be offended. But here's the thing: we're just saying these things in love. Like I say this as a pastor that I say these things to, um, you know, make. I, I want to make known what God says in scripture about these kinds of things. I, I don't say this stuff to be a jerk or to, you know, uh, talk down or to look down upon anybody. But I do want to warn people about these types of things. Mm-hmm. And to I do want to warn Christians about these kinds of things. Well, these are types of things that we shouldn't 
buy into. And like, not only is it bad storytelling, like, and it's not accurate to what scripture says, but it's also just a bad film. You can just tell by... It's not good art. Yeah, it's not good art. Is it because it doesn't accurately reflect what God has revealed to us? That's what good art is. Yeah, as Christians, we should be the masters. We should art. be the masters of art. As Christians, we have, like, we have the ultimate standard of truth, of beauty, like... In, you know, you see all the time in movies like storylines of fall and redemption, and they're usually so terribly done in Christian films, like mm-hmm. this movie, for yeah, example. Yeah, it's weird. But here's the thing. We have the ultimate story of, of fall and then resurrection, that we are lifted up through union in Christ with Jesus. We're um, brought to life spiritually out of our spiritual deadness. We should be the masters of, of storytelling. Mm-hmm. We, there is no greater story than that. Yeah, and so that's just one of the things that kind of uh, you know aggravates me about films like these. But and and to add on to all this, uh, just wanted to talk about how, like Josh said, this is all out of love, and if there are true brothers and sisters of like Christ for example, this, like I, Heartbreak Kid, right? I, I, I looked at this. You know, so Heart, Shawn Michaels is professing faith in yeah, Jesus now, and praise God for that. Yeah, his theology might not be on point, right? Exactly. But we are glad that he is professing cross right exactly we can we can agree there so anyway so another interesting thing that i saw in the news today is dylan roof the gunman who uh, murdered nine african-americans at emmanuel ame church uh, in charleston south carolina the the courts have ruled they are going to give him the death penalty unanimous wasn't it? it was unanimous like it wasn't even it wasn't even a like question, like they handed it down, boom, it's done, it's over with. He's going to be put to death. I don't think he's sad about it either. No, like if you, one of the most disgusting things that I have ever seen was the interview where where he said he wasn't sorry, like where he, he just like flat he out to do said, like yeah, he just so racist, yeah, so much hatred there. And here's the thing, and this is probably going to be controversial, but I support the court's ruling here about Dylan Roof receiving the death penalty. And I think that scripture is very clear that the death penalty has been instituted by God, that it's actually a, a good and just thing. Like this may be a whole other episode by itself. Oh, I could do an entire episode on that. But if you look in Genesis nine, six, this is a part of the Noahic covenant that God made with Noah. And it's actually made with all of creation. Like if you look at that covenant and the specifics of it, you see things that, like you have see the preservation of um, like seasons uh, on the earth and with creation. Mm-hmm. So this covenant is obviously still in effect and it's going to be in, fe- uh, in effect until whenever the Lord decides to not make it in effect, which I would assume is in the new heavens and the new earth. But anyway, you see in this covenant that God made with Noah, which is still in effect, that whoever sheds the blood of man it says, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, That's a tough a stuff. Point. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So, personally, I support uh, this. I think this is one of the, the better rulings that I've seen in these types of instances. Usually what happens is that they'll take these these kind of guys and they'll stuff them in a high-security prison the rest of their lives. Yeah, so we can spend an average of $17,000 a year on a single prisoner right, exactly. to gun down non-people. Right. Not so, cool. So this kind of guy would typically get stuffed in a prison somewhere, and then it's a burden on the taxpayers to have to support this guy to continue to live. He gets a... In uh, safety. He, he gets a cell to live in. He's a nice little bed. He gets... He gets free health care. He gets uh, 
you know, television, recreation time. I mean, he, they actually have, I worked in a juvenile facility for almost three years. And listen, like I've seen some of this stuff and the, a lot of these people actually have, have it better than some people would have it on the outside. Exactly. And, and it's another thing that troubled me about that guy. I saw where he, in the middle of his, I don't know, don't, you know, don't word for word me on this, but he stood up in the middle of his trial and was like, I want you, judge, I want you to disregard everything that my attorneys have said all the way up to this point. Like, basically just told his attorneys, like, hey, thanks for all the work you did, but Didn't don't listen to Didn't he seek to, to rep- represent himself? He did. I think he did. I and think he did, too. I would say, basically, by telling the judge not to listen to his attorneys, that he just kind of, I think what he, he was looking for was, was no chance to live. Yeah. And he knew, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. But I am glad to see that justice is being done, um, that the civil magistrate, as we see in Romans 13, <laughs> that they are, yeah, we see in Romans 13, God says through the Apostle Paul um, that uh, civil magistrates have been given the task to punish those who do evil, to reward those who do good, and that they are to bear the sword. And we see that justice is being done, that that they, the courts actually got it right this time and that they are ruling righteously as God calls them to do. So that's, you know, of course it's sad. You know, this man is going to be put to death and he's without, he's lost and he's without Christ. That's sad, but I am also at the same time, that, I'm heartbroken over that. But at the same time, I am glad to see justice as prescribed by God in Scripture being done. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so last week, we put out an all-points bulletin on social media that if anybody had any kind of theological questions, that they could send them to our email or contact us on Facebook or social media, and we would take time in our program to answer those. And so that's still on the table. If you guys have theological questions, send them in anytime to longlivepodcast at gmail.com. We'll be glad to answer those for you. So people actually responded. Wow. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Didn't expect an email. Like didn't we, expect anything. Yeah, we actually have things to discuss for the next few episodes. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So our old friend Mr. T. Mr. He sent us wait, an wait, email. Wait, 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 wait. What was the email address? Uh, Did it have numbers in it? You know, I think it was like Dave was it? Towns. Uh, it's like, my dad. Yeah, it's yep, my yep. father-in-law. <laughs> so, that explains the question. So our fa- my father-in-law, Colton's dad, sent us an email about who we thought was going to win the Super Bowl. P-Berg. P- what? <laughs> what did you say? P-Berg. Okay. I, thought you said, <laughs> I didn't know what you said. I Pittsburgh. Thought you said, I thought you said something else, but... Uh, no, the Pittsburgh Steelers will go up against the Green Bay Packers, and Pittsburgh will win by a touchdown. You know what? I'm going to take Pittsburgh too. But you're going to put them up against. But I'm going to put them up against the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. Here's what I want to see. I want to see the battle for the rings, and I want to see Pittsburgh just lay it on them. Mm, yeah, that'd be cool to see too. I don't really, honestly, I don't really care about who gets in from the NFC, yeah. but I'm, I have very. High confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots to make it to the Super Bowl on the AFC side. Yeah. I don't really pay attention to the NFC unless it's I like Seattle. But. Right. All right. So okay, let's get into another question we had was from Jacob. Mm. And his question, it's an interesting question. It's a pretty good question. I wonder actually, where Jacob came up with this question. I wonder I wonder what I wonder what triggered this question. I don't know. But Jacob, he asked this. He said what is your opinion on the creation of Greek and Roman mythology, and why is it 
And why was it in existence and more popular than Christianity at the time? Do you think that it was aliens? Do you think it was God just making people to have hope and faith since he didn't have a Messiah at the time? So, hmm. Jacob, thank you so much for, for asking us a question. All right, so I'm going to break this down into a few different sections, and I'm going to try to answer every one of these questions individually instead of just addressing them all at one time, okay? Yeah. All right, so he asked me what my opinion or what our opinion on uh, mythology is, specifically Greek and Roman. Okay, so I would say this, that mythology, paganism, it's been in existence since the beginning of time. Yeah. Like, if you go and you read through the scriptures, Jacob, you'll see, like, starting in Genesis, you see this type of thing. Like, you see, you'll see Canaanites, you'll see Perizzites and the Malachites, and you'll see <laughs> a whole bunch of ites. Yeah, a whole lot of ites, <laughs> and you'll see Persians, Babylonians, Greeks, Romans. You'll see all these people worshiping these different gods in the scriptures. So, my opinion on it is that it's been around with us. Since the beginning of time, everybody was worshiping those er, gods. Everybody worshiping them, them idols. So not just some, a lot of people. All, all of us in, have worshipped idols Technically, in our lives. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's my opinion that it's been around since the beginning of time, and it's not anything new. And so another question they had was why was it more popular than Christianity? And I would say, well. If you go through and you look at the entire canon of Scripture, you will see that the revelation that God, uh, the God of the Bible gives to us has always been, he's always had uh, a people who's believed this. But I would say this, that it was, you would, it appears to be like it might have been more popular because worshiping false gods has always been popular, right? Um, the Scriptures yeah. teach that we are um, by nature children of wrath. That's Ephesians 2 that we're by nature children of wrath, separated from God, following the prince of the power of the air, who is also, like, that's 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 used for Satan. There is a guinea pig <laughs> yelling off. at the top of his lungs right now. Anyway, so that we were following the prince of the power of the air. And so people have been worshiping these false gods uh, for eternity, for well, not eternity, but from the very, from beginning. The very beginning, and it's a problem that we've always dealt with. Um, so, and here's the thing: you you ask why was it more popular? Here's an interesting fact, and I'm not sure if you you know this, but um, you, you know, throughout history, you see the Greeks um, they occupy um, that area where God's people were at, at the time, and then you see the Romans come in and kind of you know take over. And what's interesting, Jacob is that um, in 325, you see Rome actually um, lose the the Roman mythology and actually become a Christian nation. Uh, the Emperor Constantine was converted to Christ, and he actually made Christianity the uh, the national religion of Rome. So, so yeah. So, actually, Christianity... got booted out. Right, exactly. So, amen. Um, so you you actually see that, and so Christianity throughout time um, become very popular. So much so that Rome done away with their you know the, the the pagans. Of course, there would be people who always worship false gods, but you know that's a pretty interesting point to consider. Um, and so he also asks, was it aliens? Now I'll say this: 
I personally don't believe in well, aliens. We just lost all of our conspiracy theorists. Uh, everybody who's a fan of the X-Files just left the show. Bye. Thanks, guys. For so, so I personally don't believe in aliens, and here's why. I don't see any evidence for aliens anywhere. Um, and here's another thing, too. I think that whenever we look at the planet that we live on and we look at life uh, here, we see that the Earth, the planet we live on, is so finely tuned that um, it would be, if, if the Earth were off just a degree to the left or a degree to the right, that life would not exist on this planet. We would either burn up or we would freeze to death. So we see that for life to exist, for life to exist, a lot of things have to happen. It yeah, has to it's be... not just out of anywhere. Right. It's, it, it has to be finely tuned for there to be the right conditions for you know for life to exist so and i'm not convinced that that kind of fine-tuning exists anywhere else in the universe i mean we're so perfectly placed between uh, you know from our sun that it, it's just right so i like i said um you know i'm not you know sure how big the universe is i don't think any of us are but i'm not sure that the the type of conditions exist elsewhere throughout the planet it's or the, huge. the universe did you just say it's huge <laughs> did you just drop a trump Oh my gosh. So, but anyway, and also whenever I look at the story of the Bible, I see that he had a plan um, that was to send Jesus to die for our sins. And so I I just don't see uh, any reasons why I would believe that aliens exist. So also uh, to address the last part of your question, he asked, was God giving people some kind of hope prior to Christ's coming? Ah, And this takes us into our... And this is going to take us into the main, main segment section. of our show today. And I would say, know that the knowledge of Christ has always been existence always. from the very beginning of time. And we'll, we're going to, now please you know, stick with me because this is going to get a little bit complicated. But, yeah. All right. So in the garden in Genesis chapter two, we see that God made a covenant of works with Adam in the garden. Okay. So a covenant of works was this. It was the pre-fall covenant agreement between God and Adam in which Adam was promised blessing and life upon obedience to the terms of the covenant and cursings and death should he disobey the terms of the covenant. Mm. So if we look at Genesis chapter 2, we see this. It's uh, specifically in verse 15. We see the terms of that covenant. It says, The Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Edom to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you do eat you shall surely die. Yeah, and and to elaborate a little bit on that, I don't think some people realize the extent of what God has put into place here. Right. He's not just saying, you know, Adam, you're gonna die. Adam has has put a has put the ultimate curse on man. Right. When he when he does this. He he creates the fall. He He's the death. cause of the fall. He he brings yeah he doesn't create the fall right. obviously that was part of the covenant but um he he brings death into the world right exactly that, that wouldn't have been there sickness that wouldn't have been there right. that's a part of the that that's a part there. of the curse yeah. of that fall it wasn't just Adam dying right so here's what what was going on there that's a you brought up a great point and that leads to this part this part of it which was that he was the federal head of all of humanity so. Whenever uh, God made this covenant with 
with Adam, he also made it with him and his posterity afterwards, or those who would come from him afterwards. Um, if you, if yeah, if you read the Westminster Confession of the Faith and the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith and the Savoy Declara- Declaration, they're all clear on this point in chapter seven. Um, but God makes this covenant with Adam and his posterity. So whenever Adam disobeyed, the curse come upon all men. Um, Paul affirms that in Romans 5, I believe it is. He says that through one man, death entered in. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Adam. Right, it wasn't you, just Adam. You got us all, man. And so here's, here's what happened. We see that God gave Adam this, this covenant, uh, these terms to keep to it. He says that if you, um, if you eat of the tree, you shall die, but if you don't, you will live. He would have he uh, merited for himself and for his posterity eternal life. Um, so this covenant was conditioned upon perfect and perpetual obedience. Adam had to stay faithful to God's command to not eat the tree. So obviously we know how that turned out. We see, we know the story, and in Genesis chapter 3, we the story is actually there. We see the serpent comes into the garden. He uh, tempts Adam and Eve, tells them that they would be like God if they ate of that tree that God commanded them not to, and we see that they eat. So we see that the covenant is broken. The curses are brought upon the entire human race. We're separated. We're separated from God. God. We're enemies of God. And the curses are brought upon all of humanity. And But here's, here's the thing. There's a glimmer of hope even in the midst of this brokenness. We see that immediately following the fall in Genesis chapter 3, we see in verses 14 and 15, God says this. <coughs> It says, The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all of the beasts of the field. And on your belly you shall go and eat, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. So the God curses the serpent. He makes it to be that he would uh, go on his belly for the rest of his days. And then he says, I will put, this is in verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now notice here in verse 15, these are singular words. It says, her offspring, that's not offsprings, it's offspring, it's singular. And it says, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Those are, he and his are singular. And so the seed that it's referring here to is is Jesus. So this is what uh, theologians have come to call the covenant of grace. Now, here's the thing. It's not necess- it's not actually the covenant of grace, a covenant of grace ratified. It was, uh, God promises it here. Immediately after fall, he promises a covenant of grace. He promises that that a Messiah would come who would crush the head of the serpent in the garden. He would set all of the wrongs right. And so we see this is revealed more and more throughout the scriptures. We see it's revealed in types and shadows in the Abrahamic covenant when God promised Abraham a seed. Um, we also see it in the Mosaic covenant in the sacrificial system. We see that uh, whenever the Israelites sinned, they had to slay animals uh, for the you know to cover their sins. Uh, that pointed to to Jesus, and that pointed to that we needed um, we needed a sacrifice for our sins. We also see it in the Davidic covenant that God made with David. He made him the or he was he would become the king over Israel. He promised David that uh, his the throne would never leave 
uh, his family, and that's fulfilled in Jesus as well. So, like, so here we are. We see this covenant of grace made. It's promised. Um, it, it promises Jesus. It promises that he would come, that he would crush the head of the serpent in the garden. And the confession, the Baptist confession of faith, uh, the Second London Baptist, the 1689 confession, says it this way. And this is in chapter 8 called Christ the Mediator. It says this. It says, this is where we get into addressing the part of the question of uh, God may be given hope prior to Christ's coming uh, through these false religions. Yeah. And so that's not what God does. He doesn't give hope through these false religions. Here's what we see that God done. It says, although the price of redemption was not actually paid by Christ until after his incarnation, yet the virtue and efficacy and the benefit thereof were communicated to the elect in all ages. Successively, from the beginning of the world, in and by those promises, types, and sacrifices wherein he was revealed and signified to be the seed which would bruise the serpent's head. And the lamb slain from the foundation of the world being the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so here's what it's saying. It's saying that that the price of redemption wasn't actually paid until after Jesus' incarnation in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But we see the benefit of that work, of that death, burial, and resurrection. We see it reaching back to the beginning of the world and it's, it reaches back in promises and the types and the sacrifices that we talked about. And those things signified Jesus who would bruise the serpent's head. So to answer the question, was, was these God giving people hope? The answer is no. That wasn't God's way of giving people hope before Jesus came. Those were Satan, the serpent from the garden, deceiving people. Right? Remember what we read about what God said. He said that he would put enmity between the seed uh, of the woman and the seed of the serpent's offspring. That was the serpent and his offspring being at enmity with uh, the seed and with, with the woman and her seed, Jesus. That was a lot to follow. I know that that was a lot to follow. Like I know that there was so much information there. Yeah. And like that was probably a lot to take in. But I, lie, I went on a coffin fit there and had to turn my mic off. Yeah. In case anyone's wondering why I didn't talk forever. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. But yeah, that was a lot to follow. Hopefully, you guys can, uh, you guys can get to that. So, in order to be right before God, to be saved, it was never through. It was never. Uh, you were never able to receive that through the Greek and Roman mythology or even Norse mythology or Canaanite mythology, any of those things. The only way that we can be right before God or to be saved is by faith in Jesus. And that's what God has always required, and that knowledge has always been uh, present. Before Jesus came, those people were saved by faith that he would come, that he would crush the, uh, the serpent's head. That was the promise. They were uh, saved by that by faith in that promise that he would come. And now, so they were kind of looking forward to the cross of Jesus. Now, they may not have known exactly everything that was going to happen there. Yeah, but, but it, that's, was, it was definitely a, right. a they, sign. Right. They were saved by faith the same way that we are today. They were saved in faith by faith in Jesus, and we're saved by faith in Jesus. Yeah. The only difference is, is that we're looking back at Jesus, and they were looking forward. So, Jacob, I really hope that that answered your question and that 
you know, if and if anybody has any more questions, again, feel free to email those to us at longlivepodcast at gmail.com and we would love to answer those. So all right. That's all I've got. That took a but, while to answer and yeah. I, I really hope that it wasn't overwhelming, but if anybody needs more clarification on that, uh, let me know. And I would I would be happy to clarify that maybe even more than what I did. But yeah. I feel like that, that was pretty understandable. So, so anything uh, big going on here coming up? Yes, yes. Um, New Haven, we're going to launch our preview services on the last Sunday of the month. I think that that's January the 29th. Mm. We're going Tommy. to be, yeah, we're going to be launching our preview services for the very first time here in Chapmanville, West Virginia. And, man, our people are pumped about it. Like They're really pumped. They're ready to get their worship on. Is there, is there anything else, Pete, coming up? Uh, no, no, not, like, not that sure. Like twelve days, twelve days. Twenty second. What? Twenty like second. What are you talking about? Like something going on like twelve days. I don't know. I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you talking about your birthday? Um. Yeah. Thanks for remembering. Oh man, I'm so sorry. I bet you remembered whose was in seventeen days. Well, I'm married to your sister. I'm not married to you. <laughs> so, but you're married into my family. Well. You gotta remember all of our birthdays. <laughs> I don't know anybody else's birthday other than your sister's. Dang. Yeah, you have to remember all of our birthdays. He thinks I'm kidding. So Let's I'll see. tell you what I'm another <laughs> thing that I'm excited about that's going on. And it has nothing to do with us, but Doc and Devo, Doctrine and Devotion, Joe Thorne and Jimmy Fowler, they announced I thought you were gonna say Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fofo. <laughs> They announced today that they are going to be having the first Doctrine and oh, Devotion yes. conference in St. Charles. It's near Chicago. Yeah, on the, suburb, the suburbs of Chicago, Chicago in St. Charles, Chicago. Illinois. So we're planning on, think, on probably making a trip go. up and go. checking we're gonna it out. That. Yeah, uh, Jim Ranahan's going to be there. He's going to be Jim speaking. Jim the man. Jim Ranahan. the man. Oh, my gosh. Did you just come up with that off the top of no, your I head? No, I think I might have heard Joe say it. Oh, okay. I might just be saying I'm going to have to go check because if he didn't say it, that's me. I said that. <laughs> that was Joe, gen- if you didn't say that, that's me. That I was not said that. That was genius. If you, <laughs> Jim the man. Yeah. I feel like he definitely said it. He probably did. <laughs> so, anyway. But, yeah, anyway, if you haven't seen that yet, Go to doctrineanddevotion.com. Check out the details of that. That is going to be an awesome conference. Uh, Jim Renahan and Joe Thorne are both going to be speaking on uh, the importance of the 1689 London, Second London Baptist Confession. And uh, well, was it was 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 uh, Doctor Renahan? Was it, he going to be speaking three times? I think, I think and that's then Joe once. Was yeah, I think was. I think they said that that Doctor Renahan was going to be speaking three times, and then. Joe was going to be speaking once, so honestly, I'll, I'll get the details. It's gonna be good. For it. It's gonna be a nice. Dude, it's gonna be an awesome fun. conference. I mean, okay, it's called uh, "Confessional Piety: The Use of Confessions in the Life of Christians and the Church." Doctrine Devotion Conference, 2017. Cool. So that's kicking off March 11, 2017, in the suburbs of Chicago in St. Charles, Illinois. It's like a nine-hour trip for us, but we're gonna we're hey, gonna make hey. the trip up. We're, we're gonna have fun doing it. Yeah, it's gonna right. be. It's Check gonna some stuff be out on the way up. Sweet. Might just have to do a podcast while we're there. Oh, that's a great idea. We should try to get. Why well, didn't I think about we that? We should try to interview. Oh my gosh, we should Jim. try to get Joe and Jimmy on a podcast. That would be so awesome. Let's break it in the hotel room. Listen, 
Did you, did you <laughs> no, say let's no, break no, in the room? They live there. You would have to break in the room. Let's not break. <laughs> that's terrible creepy. idea. That's, that's creepy. creepy. No, you guys, that'd be cool. You just went stalker level. No, they know it. They're never going to listen. They're not going to know it's a joke. They don't know me, so. It was definitely a joke. I joke a lot. I'm the funny guy. Do you? Are you joking right now? I swear. I don't want to break into the house. That's, that's a B&E. Uh, nah, I don't do B&Es. Bacon and eggs? <laughs> Everybody does bacon and eggs. I do bacon and eggs. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so Dr. Renahan's going to be speaking on why confessions, <coughs> confessions in scripture, why the 1689 confession, and Joe's going to be, looks like, closing it out with the last uh, sermon of the day, and it's the Christian who confesses. And then there's going to be a Q&A at the end of it, and then the conference will conclude. So is that pricing gonna be like pretty cheap? It's very reasonably priced. It's seventy forty seven dollars uh, for full conference registration. Well, if you're a you student, get, you get yeah, yeah. If I you're guess. a student, which you are, Woo! boom, twenty bucks. Boom, twenty bucks. Get over don't 50% we don't off. don't we get to uh, we get a chance to win some prizes, dude? No, if you come to the if you go to the conference, you get a. Fully customized moleskin with Doc and Devo graphics that have uh, never been seen before. Well, yeah, it says conference attendees will receive a custom jur- or conference journal featuring artwork from Peter Voth. I believe we're taking a nine hour drive just for that moleskin journal. Yeah, boom, driving nine hours for the moleskin. <laughs> so, yeah, we're planning on be there, being there. And uh, if you're able to come, you should head up there too because it's probably going to be a sweet time. Yeah. Anytime you can hear Joe Thorne. Or Dr. Renhan speak, you're going to be blessed. We'll so. see the fofo in action. Yeah, we'll see the fofo in action. So hope to see them up there. Maybe we could get them in a podcast. That'd be great. You know what? All of our Facebook friends that like them should go shoot them a little post on their wall. Hey, do a podcast with Long Live. Yeah, definitely, guys. If you guys requested that, they would probably have to yeah, do it. Guys, if you requested this, well, they would probably get annoyed. They probably people. would. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but you can do that. You can but, if you want. But we're not, we're not telling, telling you to do it. We're not telling you to do it. So. They're busy guys. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, all right. So I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else. Allie, you got anything? No. Nope. She she's, she's, she's good. Good looking Vodka Twinkies there. I'm I've gonna been get staring at him this whole podcast. All right. So I don't have anything else. No, that should be it. <coughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Long Live. We thank you so much. If you haven't had a chance yet, find us on iTunes. Go to go to the podcast app. Type in Long Live. <laughs> will be the first one to come up. As of right now, which this is going to be changing, our, we're changing our branding. We have a, uh, it's a gold uh, logo, and there's a, a crown in the middle of it. Click on that, hit the subscribe button, listen to their content, hit the review tab, go on there, rate us, review us, give us some love. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, yes. We'll catch you guys next time. Later. Peace. Peace.